This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker, and feel free to leave a comment or review, like this one from Hannah Zom84, who said the following about our episode covering the Republican National Convention. I want to chat with you. Write me here, please. POFsex.com. My nickname, Muna. Thanks for your feedback, Hannah. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, September 14. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. New overnight, two more people have died from wildfire fires that is burning in California. Trump again blamed poor forest management, not climate change, as the key contributor to the fire. It'll start getting cooler. I you wish just, you just watch. I wish science agreed with you. <laughs> Those voices are discussing climate change, the long lingering background presence that, similar to Google Chrome, is slowly but surely consuming each and every possible resource until grinding things to a complete halt. As the United States juggles simultaneous outbreaks of hurricanes, derecos, and wildfires, many citizens throughout the country are asking themselves the very same question. Will I need to bring an umbrella to work today or a flame retardant suit? Taking their cues from the producers of The Walking Dead, the wildfires in California have returned this fall for yet another disappointing season that's already spun out of control and gone on for far too long. The best coast has become the stressed coast as the immunosuppressed head west in order to avoid eternal rest. At least 31 have died and thousands have fled the flames of California, Oregon, and Washington, three states under a significantly more menacing orange hue than the remaining 47. That's also to say nothing about the eight simultaneous tropical storm systems currently brewing off the coast of the Atlantic, the 140-mile-an-hour derecos that pummeled the Midwest in August, and, of course, the tragic rainstorm that got my pants a little wet last week because I forgot to close the window. Last wildfire season, I said on an episode of this program that our country isn't prepared to deal with climate change. We'd be putting our heads in the sand if the shoreline wasn't already littered with debris from a storm surge. Just a decade ago, John McCain's 2008 presidential campaign ran on stronger climate change credentials than Barack Obama, for which the late senator claimed that he sounded the alarm on global warming, acting on rumors that Todd Palin's Arctic cat hadn't gotten stuck in a snowdrift for quite some time. But like an ice sheet exposed to your F-150, that belief has slowly eroded, in large part thanks to right-aligned corporate interests that have made a habit out of selling oil at the expense of remaining habitable. Now, that's not to say that everyone has always been on the climate change electric train. Al Gore was routinely mocked at the release of An Inconvenient Truth, which, alongside distancing himself from the Clinton family in 2000, should have been heralded as a sign of his strong intuition. In 2015, an Oklahoma Republican spoke on the floor of the Senate with a snowball in hand to prove the indisputable, incontrovertible fact that winter exists in February. And today, as the country literally burns, the president and his ilk continue to assert that wildfires fueled by wind, extreme temperatures, and unusually dry conditions in areas that tend to experience lots of rain are as fake as his vitamin D-deficient tan applied by the world's unhappiest makeup artist. A writer for The Atlantic asserts that we might be living in something called a plastic hour, a period of time in which a set of otherwise solid beliefs briefly becomes pliable and able to change. I think they may be right. 
especially when you consider that Americans throw away 2.5 million plastic bottles of Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew Code Red, and Mountain Dew, it's orange, who cares, I want to die in my gaming chair drinking a gallon of this each and every hour. When images of the West Coast pop off your 4K TV, you can't help but be reminded of Blade Runner 2049, a dry and eerie future that's just as lousy and uncomfortable as the sequel itself. If 40% of the country wants to pretend that climate change doesn't exist, the other 60% needs to start pretending that the other 40% doesn't exist. So we can pursue policies and elect politicians who want to protect that 40% and their right to believe that the Earth is flat, 500 years old, and controlled by Jeffrey Epstein's estate without having their apartment complex get burned to the ground for reasons other than their cotton candy e-cigarette exploding overnight in its charging cradle. And yet, a climate change denier who spent the majority of his career questioning the very premise of climate change, just got a top position at the head of the National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration. Residents in Oregon are setting up armed checkpoints and spreading disinformation, claiming that Antifa was responsible for starting the fires out west. And the president refuses to state that climate change even exists, reducing it to an impossibly abstract concept, like that of him possessing a soul. If we're truly on the precipice of entering a plastic hour, let's hope that the time starts, the moment we set our clocks back this November, and that we stop wasting moments pretending that seconds don't cause minutes. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Noah Minnick, a senior data administrator who lived in New York City during the attacks of September 11, 2001. Noah, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. On 9-11, OJ paid a somber tribute to those affected by the terrorist attack. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, let me start by sending my thoughts and prayers to all the victims of 9-11, even though I kind of think every American was a victim that day. In any event, football is back. Noah? What do you think about what O.J. had to say? Well, I don't typically agree with O.J., but I think we all were kind of victims. Having been there, it, they always talk about how beautiful of a day it was in New York, and that's actually true. My brother was moving there on September 12th, so I was in a good mood, and uh, just walking to the train station, I saw a bunch of sirens and ambulances and fire trucks, and I didn't think anything of it, because of course it's New York. When I got to work, I got out of the subway and I saw this huge plume of smoke. And I just thought, oh, wow, there's a big fire. As soon as I walked in the office, my boss, <laughs> it wasn't very calm. He's screaming, didn't you hear? Two suicide bombers hit the World Trade Center. So we're watching it on TV. Basically how all of America watched it. And as we were watching, I was just in a complete state of shock. I'd only lived there for about 11 months. And then I saw the first tower go down, and that's when the, the panic really set in. That's when it seemed a whole lot bigger than just two plane crashes. And I started to have what I now know was my first panic attack, and I couldn't even watch the TV anymore, so I left the room. We worked in Soho, and so we walked to the Williamsburg Bridge, and there was just thousands and thousands of people. Obviously, the bridge was shut down, so there's no cars. And you could see people that were clearly down near the World Trade Center when they collapsed. They were covered in dust, and people just were kind of shell-shocked. Every year that goes by, it still is so fresh in my mind. It seems like just a year ago. I cannot believe it's been 19 years. 
and every year I watched, I rewatch uh, the coverage of it and just to remind myself what it was like. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Noah, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, other weird apps. Latestpod.com. I put the transcripts there and all the old episodes are also there as if they aren't in your podcast apps already. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Greg Ott. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you will be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you will soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast. 